Welcome to the Amateur Milf Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we're just trying. Just trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining and we'll use our millions of pounds to buy industrial quantities of Skittles for Rosie's kitchen. (laughs) Are we going to fill the kitchen with Skittles? Yeah. Okay. So, presuming that by this point we've got the Mexican munchin. Yeah. Oh, you know what would be a sick idea? Yeah. Have you seen those floors where people like lay out pennies on the floor? Yes. And then like cover them with resin or something. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. That, that's their floor. Yeah. Skittle that, room. But Skittles. Skittle room. Yeah. But And also fill it with Skittles that I can eat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's in the Mexican mansion. Yeah, Skittle, Skittle floor in the foyer. Skittle floor in the foyer where there's always an end. I'm, okay, right. This is, this is like a... Um, what what do you call it? We're like as we go, it's getting better. We're like this is a wheel of ideas. <laughs> this is a wheel of ideas, people. A wheel of inspiration. So what we're gonna do is in the foyer of the Mexican mansion, where our husbands are presumably cartel members. We discussed this earlier. Is yeah. De- so am I? Am I swapping Dave for a Mexican cartel no, drug Dave, lord? Dave or just Dave has becomes... to join the cartel. He has to join the cartel. Okay, I wonder what his initi- initiation will be. Cut know. off someone's head or something? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe just a finger. Back to the Skittles. <laughs> we have, in the foyer of the mansion, the floor is made of Skittles, like in resin. Yeah. And then I'm also thinking the walls... I like in Willy Wonka where you can lick them and they're Skittles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick idea. Yeah. And we also have a butler who just carries around a, a bowl, bowl of, of Skittles. Skittles at all times. What about, you know what would be really cool and on theme if we have cartel husbands? Yes. A silver tray, but instead uh, of lines of cocaine, it's just lines, lines of, of Skittles. Skittles. In rainbow order. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I think that the actual Mexican cartels will take us very seriously. <laughs> I think they might make a fit like a Netflix um, a Netflix special. <laughs> Be like the Real Housewives of the Mexican well, no, Cartel. You know, you know those memes that have gone round about Pablo, Pablo Escobar, where he's just stood staring into the middle distance. Yeah. That'll be us, but like holding skittles. <laughs> we can do that. I think there could be a drama. We'll be like this. Real Housewives of the Mexican Cartel. Isn't there already one of those? I hope so, There's because gang- I will yeah. watch it. American is like the amount of gangster Mob wives. wives. Mob wives. Are we going to be mob wives? Yeah. I think I'd make a sick mob wife. What does honest. it take to be a, a mob wife, do you think? Patience. Atti- attitude. Patience and attitude. <laughs> Patience and attitude. What a combination. A strong ability to look the other way. Also... We've talked endlessly about like the state of our vaginas. We could fit loads of drugs up there. <laughs> We'd be great smugglers, <laughs> would we not? You know what, Rosie? I think my vagina made a remarkable recovery. <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself, Rosie. <laughs> my vagina's great. My vagina could not smuggle cocaine because it's in tight condition. <laughs> It's in impeccable working order. Yeah. I hope you're all listening, cartel bosses. We will marry you, but we will not smuggle drugs for you. 
At least not in our vaginas. Not in our vaginas. Yeah. Where would, where else would you? Suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it the old-fashioned way and carry it on my person in hand luggage. Thank you. I'll put it in my makeup bag. Yeah, I um, I love the idea of it. It's it's one of those things. It's a bit like we were talking about Lord of the Rings earlier. Yeah. Um, and how there's very little interaction between women. Yes. In, in fact, there's 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 maybe naught point naught five percent interaction. There's literally one one very short moment where um, doesn't a lady put a rug girl. around a girl's shoulders? Yeah. And that's it. But we were saying, like, that really is irrelevant because we were watching Lord of the Rings for, for none of the women. Specifically Viggo Mortensen. Yes. Now, so what I'm saying is uh, there is a point to this. Okay. Um, the whole mob wife thing, it's like a fantastical thing, isn't it? It's like a, it's a fantasy in our brains. Yeah. I, I, you know, I definitely feel like... One that's it... quite mental illness of us, actually. <laughs> it's quite mental illness of us. In the same way it's quite mental illness that I think I'd make a great elf. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would look you've not seen Rings of Power or you've no. seen a little bit of it but I would love to be that elf lady and the way she swings herself off that horse to like she's badass and yeah. in my head I'd be like I'd be great at that of course I would be terrible <laughs> yeah objectively I would be awful at it I am not graceful <laughs> in the slightest and I dress exclusively like a small boy so <laughs> it's not very elf like but the mob wife thing is the same thing in my head I'd be the most glamorous mob wife that like all the cartel members would be jealous of because they're like ah they bagged rosie <laughs> the best of the mob wives <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and i'd slink around in like a tight dress and loads of gold i'd be dripping in gold you i've never seen you in a tight dress or dripping in gold or dripping in gold no i've seen you dripping in gold i'm dripping in gold right now yeah, yeah. but i'm not wearing a tight dress i'm wearing a regency collar and a an, sweater vest an, an old man's bowling waistcoat and a t-shirt that's six times too big for me so okay you've made your point i'd make a terrible mob wife i admit it i think i would make a fantastic mob wife. why because i wear big earrings and i have a loud voice you were gonna end it at earrings and then i looked at you as if to say is that it and what was the other one i've got a loud voice you've got a loud voice yeah, I've got a loud voice. Just, hey, listen, just because I'm wearing an old man's vest <laughs> doesn't mean I wouldn't make a good mob wife. Thank you. I think you make a wonderful mob wife, we'd, Rosie. We'd make great mob wives. Oh, how are you? I'm good. Chipper? Chipper. I'm actually feeling more chipper than the last one that we recorded, which was about five seconds it's ago. because you've now consumed what your third iced coffee of the day <laughs> yes yes that is the reason why it is caffeine and a haribo dummy that haribo dummy hit the spot it did hit the spot um what is your week in one sentence please uh, my week in one sentence is um it is we as a country should be violently protesting for more four-day bank holiday weekends um yeah, there are not no, the, the only reason we've got one is because what? We've got a king. Easter. Oh, Easter, sure. Because Jesus rose from the, the dead. The birth Rosie. of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that no, one. no, that's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you can oh. tell which one of us didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, well, I actively go out of my way to be non-Christian, if I'm <laughs> honest. So, 
okay, yeah, the four dates, the point I'm making is that it is always Easter, and Easter is not as important as Christmas. So why why do we always get one? We on... get the same amount of bank holiday days, but it just depends on... It depends when they fall. Yeah, so Easter is always going to be... A Friday. You're always going to get the Friday, and you're always going to get the Monday, right? Because yeah, Easter's yeah, yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. Whereas Christmas might be on a Sunday, and if Christmas is on a Sunday... That's sick because you get your two bank holidays on the Monday and the Tuesday. Sure. Um, and we're getting m- loads of bank holidays in May because the king's a king. Yeah, which I'm not complaining about. I'm not complaining about the bank holidays. I, mean, I am complaining about the I'm, coronation, though. <laughs> I am complaining about the coronation and the amount of taxpayer money that is going on it mm-hmm. because it is abhorrent. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, it is disgusting. But anyway, so what's your... Yeah, what? how many do you think we should have? I think we should have at least one a month. At least one a month? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if the Tories keep pushing it, we might go to a three-day working week. <laughs> would you like that? No, what I would like is, as standard, a four-day working week. Yes. But at, like, full-time pay. Yeah, yeah, same amount of pay. And sure. then We're one, not heathens. One... Oh, no, wait. We are run by heathens. <laughs> one weekend a month would be like you'd have your friday and your and your monday and your monday off so you've yeah. got four days off so i think that's the sweet spot it's yeah, not yeah. the easter holidays was a bit much for me oh the easter holidays nearly consumed me two oh, weeks awful off with a child awful horrible four days off which mainly yeah. center around like hanging out with your friends and getting drunk yeah yeah fine excellent wonderful more of that please I absolutely agree. Um, I think we should be more French about it as well. Start more fires. Will we give up on the... You're not going to be French. You're not going to have a baguette for a hat. <laughs> or whatever it was we said. We should start rioting what? in berets. <laughs> yeah, we should, to be fair. The French know how to do it. Yeah. So in France, they have been rioting like quite consistently and quite like extremely. <laughs> because of the, incre- the increase in the pension They're age. trying to increase the pension age by two years. And Which... France have gone... Fuck you. Which uh, is, what, four years younger than our pension age currently? And what what do we do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We just sit there and take it. We just take it. They're just kicking us while we're down. And that's it. We just allow it. Oh, just kick me some more. I'm just showing my soft underbelly to the government. Assholes. I took Ramona. That's your week in a sentence. No, that wasn't my week in one sentence. I'm just going to tell you very quickly as we talk about the Easter holidays. I took Ramona to a boost trampoline place. (laughs) Okay. Is this where we're training the next generation? Oh my God. It is the revolution. Chaos. It is chaos. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being in a room with at least a hundred children where the floor is made of trampoline. That's what I had to endure for an hour last did night. Did you go on the trampoline? Of course I did. I would have... I would have. Did you have a nap after? Um, I wanted to have a nap for a few days afterwards. <laughs> but I did not because I have children. But it would have been fun if it was all adults, though. If it was all adults, it would have been fine. And alcohol, great, wonderful. My week in one sentence is that I've just bought a novel, uh, which is critically acclaimed, has been nominated for awards. Okay. The name of the novel is... How to Kill Your Family. Oh, I love that book. I haven't read it yet, um, but the reason this is my week in one sentence is because Dave thought it was a self-help book. (laughs) And he was, I'm not kidding, genuinely worried. 
He was like, why have you bought that? He's watching his back. Why have you bought that? Why have you... And I was like, it's a novel. And he was like, are you jo- are you making a joke? Is it a joke book? I was like, no, it's a book. It's a, it's a novel. It's a story. And he was like, but why have you bought it, though? Are you going like, to kill I'm- me? <laughs> I've only just returned to the bed. <laughs> Do you want me to go back to the sofa? <laughs> uh, I'll yeah. sleep on the floor with the dog. <laughs> I, d- I just... I really had to, I really had to like go over it a few times. Like I bought it because it's a critically acclaimed novel and it's got really good reviews. It's got a sticker on it that says like, you know, like ones that says like Man Booker Prize or whatever. Yeah. It's got one of those stickers on it and it was cheap in the work. So I thought, I know that lots of people have read this. I can it's supposed to be really personally good. Personally. You've already read it. It's really good. Dave genuinely thought I was thinking about, you know, just Murdering. getting rid. <laughs> Murdering him getting and the girls. Gone. And we live very close to our school and our house like looks over the school fields. Amazing. And I'm just wondering if he was like looking out of the the fields and going, "Is that where Shilberry is? <laughs> I better go and hide that spade." <laughs> he has been clearing out the garage recently, so maybe he lies. Maybe like, he's been reading How to Kill Your Family. Oh no! It's the other <gasps> way. Plot twist. <laughs> I wondered why he was spending so much time in the garage. <laughs> Um, what are we talking about this week? This week we're going to be talking about feeding. Mm, so yeah. we're going to cover it all right from the very beginning. So breast versus bottle, the age old debate um, through to weaning, through to eating as an older child, fussy eat- eaters. Rosie will know all about that. Sausage rolls. Roll. Roll. All things food. 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 Feeding is uh, a really tough one, isn't it? Because, I mean, for the, the the most part, really, it's how much you give a shit, right? So the, what I mean by that is we have a lot of issues with food in our family, just because every family does. Like, all mm-hmm. kids are hard work with food. N- none of us have got children where you just give them food and they just eat it. It's not... It doesn't work like that, does it? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> are you serious? If you've got a kid that will just eat whatever you give them? more or less who are you oh you're a mob wife yeah you're a mob wife yeah but the thing is it's like what i mean by how much you give a shit is it's like you have to in every single stage of feeding and we're going to go through breastfeeding and bottle feeding and the baby stuff and then the weaning but i'm at a point now where i'm like me and dave uh I i think it changes every day on how much we care about how much the child eats yeah and you can either worry about it endlessly and sort of make them eat a certain amount of food because you're like you need nutrition and you need food otherwise you're going to be horrendous for the rest of the day yeah or you go i can't be bothered with the argument because there's so much like yeah it's very much like a pick your battles type yeah and a lot of the time i just get hot you know i'm trying my best and i just get to a point where i'm like do you know what don't eat it then starve i don't care yeah i really don't care anymore um, but yeah, we'll start by talking about the babies. Yeah. I have a lot to say about it, obviously. Um, Do you want to yeah. kick us off with some stats, Rosie? So okay. I know that you've got some. I've got a stat here that says that the UK remains one of the countries with the lowest breastfeeding rates. Uh, 68% of women in the UK start breastfeeding and then only 48% continue beyond six to eight weeks. Yeah, and the World Health Organization World Health Organization recommends six months of exclusively breastfeeding. Yeah, 
So I the question I really have, which is something that, you know, I don't think anyone knows. Well, there's a combination of things, isn't there? But why are the UK's rates of breastfeeding so low? Mm-hmm. Um, but why is it pushed upon us so much? Yeah. So we have both had experience of breastfeeding and bottle feeding. Yeah. We've also both had experiences of combi feeding in mm-hmm. between those stages. Uh, I have a lot to say about breastfeeding. Um, I have a lot to say about the judgment that goes with it all and all the difficulties that come with it. Um, but yeah, I just wonder, first of all, why do not many of us continue to breastfeed? Why has the UK got such low rates? I think your thoughts? F- the reason why people don't continue to breastfeed is because there's not enough readily available support. Like Yes. The, the funding isn't there for things like lactation consultants and mm-hmm. um, midwives and health visitors that are that have the time to sit because yeah. it's a learning journey when you have a baby. You have to teach yourself how to breastfeed and your baby has to learn how to feed from you yes. a lot of the time. And yeah. you don't... There's, there's not enough of that support. If you really push and fight for it, it is there... I pushed and fought for it and got all of it and I still ended up having to bottle feed. That's how hard it can be, which says a lot, I think, because I think you have this idea that because we're mammals and like, you know, this idea of like animals feeding off their mums, it comes very naturally to them. But for humans, it's not quite the same, is it? There's a certain amount of like trial and error involved. But with animals, animals have got nothing else to do. That's true. They literally just sit there with their nips out, don't they? Yeah, like they don't have to half undress to get their boob out to feed their baby. Like it's just yeah. always there. Yeah. The baby can always, the animal young can Ooh. always access it. I wonder if also there's something to do about us being upright because like gravity works in your favour, right? So I wonder if because like for, you know, four legged creatures, them, them titties are hanging on down, the, the milk's coming out, everyone's happy. Yeah. We are upright, doing shit, cooking, going out. We've got bras on. We've got clothes on. Mm-hmm. We've got stuff to do. We've got stuff to do. We've got places to be. I can't just lie in a field going... Mmm. I wish I could. Same. <laughs> I would love to. Um, yeah, I. it's really difficult because we are all encouraged to breastfeed when we're pregnant. That is a thing. And I think sometimes it's pushed on people too much yeah um i know the reason part of the reason why my mom chose not to breastfeed at all yeah was because when she was pregnant she was told constantly yeah that she had to breastfeed yeah and that just completely put her off yeah of course and then that stayed so when i made the decision to breastfeed she wasn't like critical of me for making that decision Mm. but in her head she was like well why would you do that why would you do that to yourself yeah and i think um the reason why Western countries have lower overall rates of breastfeeding is because women are encouraged to go back out, to, specifically in America, because yeah. women don't really get maternity leave there. there. Mm. Here, I would probably, if I had to guess the breastfeeding rates, I would have guessed higher than what they actually are. Yeah. Because generally speaking people tend to get better maternity packages and stuff and i think the reasons that they are the statistics aren't higher in the uk is because there's not enough help yeah and that's a funding thing yeah again that's because the nhs are being um and also of all their what i think is an important point to consider 
is that the generation before us yeah it was very very unlikely that they would breastfeed yeah it was almost encouraged not to because yeah. it was the 80s and it was like it was capitalism central wasn't it it yeah. was like so there's the not that like generational knowledge and that support from yeah. other women in your family to do it yeah whereas like back in sort of the 60s 50s and 60s and before i mean one you didn't have formula so it wasn't yeah. an option but yeah. like you would have that support from your mum, your grandma, your aunties, your yeah. your friends that also had kids. Yeah. And th- yeah. that we just don't have now. No. We don't have that, like, um, it's kind of like that old wife's kind of knowledge. Yeah, like, ge- like generational you. wisdom sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that old old women's wisdom that d- we don't have, and so we have to learn all of it, and there's not as much help as there should be because the funding isn't there, which is very sad. Would you like to just... Uh, we'll both do our kind of, like, baby stories in mm-hmm. terms of feeding, because both of us had, a, had uh, a similar arc in the sense that we both went from breastfeeding to combi feeding to bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. But f- I don't know if they were for different reasons. What did you do? So I um, breastfed, to, to begin with. I breastfed exclusively for... Breastfed exclusively for about eight weeks... Yeah. Um, I was also very. I had to go back to work when I was when Darcy was five months old. So I was very aware of the fact that I couldn't really. I I struggled to express anyway. So I couldn't really get any milk out to express and give to her. So I was aware that once I was back at work, I couldn't really breastfeed anymore because I would be away from her. Yeah. All day, three days a week. Um. So I I was aware that that was going to happen, and we would have to go to bottles. Yeah. before she was six months old anyway yeah. so she got about eight weeks in and then I think I spoke about in one of the fourth trimester episodes there was a day where I hadn't been sleeping because she cluster fed she was a very hungry baby um, and cluster feeding is normal but it was just taking too much of a toll on my body well, physically look, and mentally here's the thing this this is the whole problem is that everyone tells you that cluster feeding is normal it may well be normal, does not make it fucking easy. Yeah. Something that is normal, but also sends you on a downward spiral because it's so hard, does not make it okay. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cluster feeding's normal. Okay, but I, I, want, I want to end things, please. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. So, so hard. So then my mum my gave her that first bottle, and from then, pretty much she had a small bottle most days Mm. and then by the time she was probably like four months to four and a half months we had our last breastfeed because then i continued to feed her at like just one before bedtime yeah but that was more for my benefit than it was for hers that closeness Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah before she went on to just bottles when she before she started nursery so I didn't want it to be like because I know I've heard I'd heard horror stories about um, babies who flat out refused to take bottles and then they had were in a position where they had to go to childcare and they wouldn't take a bottle at nursery yeah and they would just not eat oh my god and I I just I didn't want to put myself or Darcy in that situation so yeah yeah I made the decision to go straight onto bottles and I always think that if I had another baby I would like to breastfeed for longer mm-hmm. but I don't think personally that I would want to breastfeed past like a year yeah 
I stopped at a year with both the girls. Because uh, yeah. I feel like, as someone that is neurodivergent and has sensory issues, being touched lot, out man. was a massive thing for me. Oh, I'm so not even sure if I could make it to a year, to be honest with you. But I would like to do longer. Someone being entirely dependent on you physically yeah. is an enormous weight to carry. It's an enormous weight to carry, but it has its pros and cons that come with it. But I, but I guess the problem is that some of the pros are very much involved with that being touched out thing. It's that kind of like that, like you want them to rely on you, and that can be quite problematic. I think I had, that, I definitely had that kind of feeling completely overwhelmed. I still now struggle with that touching out thing. Like oh, I really so do I, struggle massively. with my children wanting to touch me all the time. I really. I, I have a really strong aversion to Darcy touching my face. It's like a gag reflex yeah, I'm like... for touching on the, on the skin. And I have that quite badly and I really struggle with it. And I think with breastfeeding, when they get to a certain age, where they're kind of mobile, if they can walk and move around, is that you have that touching out thing. They rely on you. But then you almost like feed off them relying on you. It's like you want them to rely. And I, yeah, I find that quite problematic for myself. Mm. I totally respect anyone who... Who chooses well, to breastfeed for longer. I respect everybody, every woman. Regardless of the decisions re- they yeah, make. The feeding on choices. On how to feed their baby. Yeah, the choices that they make in terms of feeding their child, I respect all of those. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't think how you choose to feed your baby is something that is that people should be making moral judgments on. Absolutely not. Breastfeeding does not make you a good person. No. no. It doesn't make you a bad person either. No. You know, it's it is entirely dependent on what works for you, what works for your family. Yeah. What works for your specific baby yeah, that you're yeah. feeding at that time. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Uh when I had Ramona, as we all know, it was horrendous and awful and I exclusively breastfed for uh about Oh, I don't actually know how long I exclusively breastfed her for. I think it was about three months. But they it's were so hard to remember, though, isn't it? Specific dates like, is difficult. All a blur. But she... Uh, so we had a lot of problems with feeding, um, as I've already mentioned. She had a really bad tongue tie that we didn't know she had. Um, it hurt a lot. I bled. We took her to hospital because she was sticking up blood. My blood. Um, I tried nipple shields. I couldn't express... Uh, she never slept. She fed every half an hour or every 20 minutes forever. Mm. Um, when we, f- The reason that we saw a lactation consultant is because she wasn't putting on any weight and the health visitor was constantly down our throats about it. She she would say things like, we need to talk about doing some... We need to... We. She kept saying, we need to do something about the weight. We need... Every time... She'd come and see me every week. We need to do something about the weight. We... I mean, you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're doing fuck all. And I was absolutely adamant that I was going to exclusively breastfeed the whole time. And the reason for that is because, well, I wanted to. I really, really wanted to. I felt like I was failing because it wasn't working for me. Yeah. I felt, ju- and I wasn't being judged, but I felt judged that I was rubbish at it. You were judging yourself. I was judging myself. Yes. I was judging myself for not being very, very good at it. And there was always this subconscious thing in my mind that my mum wanted to breastfeed me. She couldn't. She really struggled. And she had to stop and bottle feed because it, it, it didn't work out for her. The reason was because I've got a tongue tie. <laughs> um, but she really struggled with that. And my auntie had to sort of 
you know encourage her to be like you you need some sleep mate give your child a bottle yeah and so i think subconsciously i was trying to succeed for both of me and my mum yeah it was like a look mum we can we've got this we can do this and not that i'm putting any like blame on her at all like this was just my kind of my mentality was i'm going to exclusively breastfeed and it is going to bring joy to both me and my mum and we'll we'll have done something together like we'll have succeeded yeah and i'm going to make up for the pain that she went through Mm -hmm. but then of course i went through all the pain too because it didn't work and she wasn't putting on weight and she had a really bad tongue tie and i my mental health was deteriorating it was really really awful but i kept at it and i i was refusing point blank to do anything about it yeah (coughs) i just didn't want to fail yeah i wanted so badly for ramona to be breastfed and and me not to be shit at it it was just like i have to be able to do this otherwise i'm worthless yeah it really did feel like that and we got her tongue tie cut things got mildly better for a few weeks and then they got worse again we thought she had thrush because that's the thing that you can get when they're feeding uh we went to a doctor who said yeah she's got thrush we'd got all the thrush creams it got progressively worse because the doctor was wrong and then this sounds like a recurring theme which it does doesn't it then we went back to another doctor oh went back to the lactation consultant who said the tongue tie is growing back again i never knew that could happen so it's not actually growing back again it's the scar tissue Ah. essentially that creates the tongue tie again so yeah you get a new one so we had to get that cut again so we got it cut a second time and then that got much better but by that point, mentally, I was... You checked out. It's... I was a mess. I was yeah. in an absolute state. And I think it, it wouldn't have mattered how well she was feeding or how much weight she was putting on. Like, I was I was lost. Yeah. Completely lost. And we went to a doctor's. Um, I don't know why we went to the doctor's. I think it might have been for the feeding again. I think it might just have been a let's go and see what what the crack is we've been seeing lactation consultants and all that so we went to the doctors and this was the turning point for me because we saw a doctor i'd never seen before it wasn't the lady who put a finger up my ass <laughs> it was not her if it had honestly Sinead, if it had been her i would have turned around and walked out the door i would have blamed you i refuse to speak to you i don't want uh, your finger up my ass again guess, no thank you stop clicking at me yeah so i uh, we saw a doctor who i'd never seen before i and i still think now to this day that it's, it was like pure luck yeah because it was just... It, I've never seen that doctor since. Like, I was with that surgery for quite a few years. Never mm. seen this woman before or after. Yeah. It was just this one time that we somehow got an appointment with this lady and told her, her prob- like, our problems and, what, like, Ramona and all that sort of thing. And it just so happened that this doctor had twins. Uh-huh. One of which breastfed impeccably and one of which didn't. Yeah. And so she basically said, look, I had twins. One of them fed really well. One of them didn't. I was really sad. I felt really guilty. I felt awful about it. I was a bit of a mess. But in the end, I gave one of them a bottle. And guess what? It was fine. And I'm still a great mum. Yeah. And just that, having that conversation with her and like her, because it was a twi- it was twins. Yeah. It was equal amounts. It was, it was two of the same thing. The, the same person the same person one of which could feed one of which couldn't and that for me was like a it was like an epiphany i was like i could just give her a fucking bottle yeah and she was like just try it and she said i remember her saying like you don't have to give her bottles all of the time just try just try a formula see what happens 
And for me, that was a real turning point because it was like I was given validation. Mm-hmm. And we went to, we immediately drove to Asda and we were stood in the formula aisle, not having an, a clue what to do. We were like, what do we buy? Where do we go? And at that moment, my mum rang me to see how I'd gone with the doctors because she, like, she knew I'd gone. And she was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just in Asda. The doctor said we should try formula. So I'm going to buy some formula. And my mum, the, 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 the sigh of relief down the phone from my mum was exactly the same moment as your mum taking Darcy away and saying, I'm going to give her a bottle. It was a, I am so pleased. I was so worried about you. Yeah, and they don't want to push it on you either. They don't, yeah. Because it, it, ultimately it has to be your decision. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. And like because we've got great mums, they were like, they're not forcing us to do anything. But she was so relieved for me. It was like, yeah, you could audibly hear it on the phone. She was like, I'm so pleased. And yeah. so, yeah, we started combi feeding, feeding us too. Too, we did like a couple of bottles a day. But I still breastfed her. I breastfed Ramona until she was one. And then we both naturally just stopped, which Mm -hmm. was really nice. So one of the things I can't really talk about is weaning babies off the breast. Because both me and Ramona and Lola, I breastfed both of them till they were one. So with Lola, she had a tongue tie. We got it cut the day after she was born. And we did not have any problems breastfeeding. Yeah. I just don't have a great supply. And I didn't want to be very mentally unwell again. So we decided to combi feed maybe six months in. Yeah. rather than three months in and then slowly she would have more and more milk um, but I was able to breastfeed her most of the time yeah. with Ramona it was like three bottles a day with Lola it was like one or two bottles a day and that was it And but both of them I I, I just woke up one day and went oh Dave I've not fed, the, fed for a week, I've not used my boobs for a week Yeah, and that was it, it just happened naturally I know that that's not the case for some people yeah. And that weaning off the breast is quite hard. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, for us, because Darcy was combi fed. You I know, think that's the thing, isn't it? If you combi feed from quite an early stage. They don't really. They don't know the difference. They they obviously have a connection with you, which is useful. Yeah. Very useful in certain situations, like aeroplanes, for example. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, one You've got thing... a boob on an aeroplane. <laughs> yes, please. One thing I want to mention is that I rang my, so i my health visitor never other than like the week first week we came home mm. she never came to my house mm. and the only times i've ever seen the health visitor were at her developmental checks oh wow so i remember when i was first i don't know whether it just happened to coincide with a fussy stage but when i stopped breastfeeding her she ended up being quite more ang- angrier than usual anyway mm-hmm. And I rang the health visitor because I wanted advice on whether I was giving her the right type of formula, mm. you know, um, if there was any advice about tapering down feeds or anything like that. And the health visitor that spoke to me on the phone actually just said, well, of course she's going to be upset. You're taking her comfort away. Oh, wow. Why the hell would I speak to these people ever again for yeah. advice or support when yeah, yeah. I've gone to them with concerns Mm. and they've told me essentially it's my fault that's awful that's just reminded me actually because i was like kind of like the opposite i was bombarded with my health visitor and it really um added to my menstrual health anxieties i got to a point where i started denying visits from her because she would come around so often yeah like i remember being like i'm not coming 
to that I'm not or I'm I'm not going to be here for that visit yeah because I can't have you telling me that we're going to deal leave me alone leave me alone to say to say that they're going to take you're going to take the comfort away from your child how how dare they I remember being so upset because I think I'd internalised that a little bit I was like oh well you know but maybe she's right maybe she's upset because she relies on me for comfort and I'm not giving it to her anymore the whole concept that to establish a good bond with your baby that you have to breastfeed and that like closeness comes from breastfeeding them you can have an incredibly close relationship with your baby having never breastfed them absolutely that's like that's like suggesting that if you have um, the comfort is your existence yeah in proximity to your baby it's not the fact that you feed them and also that's also by the way um disregarding every single partner yeah you're disregarding all fathers you're disregarding foster carers. You're disregarding adoptive parents. Yeah. You're disregarding grandparents who become full-time carers. Well, none of those can comfort their children. Mm-hmm. That is horrendous. Yeah. What a horrible thing to say. So I was very, very upset. But then she... I, I think that it might have just been a fussy stage that yeah. happened to coincide with yeah, it. of course. Because within a couple of weeks, she was fine. fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. And she was happily guzzling down litres and litres and litres of formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because it. I don't think that I had a particularly high supply and she was an incredibly hungry baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you said, like, you couldn't uh, express. I was never able to express. No. And some people can just pump away and they've got, like, an over... Some people have an oversupply and yeah. that can be have a problem because you're essentially drowning your baby in milk and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> and you've just got milk just flowing out of you. And we both had the opposite where we just couldn't... I would say at this point, I have got a bit of advice for anyone wanting to try breastfeeding. Buy. This is a must-have buy if you are thinking of breastfeeding as the hacker. Did you have yeah, a hacker? I didn't have one, but it's the one where it oh, collects your letdown from your other boob, it's isn't amazing. it? It's amazing. So it's like a little suction thing that collects milk. So you suck it onto your other boob. You, If you put it on your boob every time you feed on the opposite side, it collects milk. So if you're struggling with expressing, if you just add that to a bottle in the fridge throughout the day by the end of that day you've got like maybe six ounces of milk or whatever whatever it is you've got every little helps and then you can feed that to your baby and then if you're you know if you're worried about using formula because it is a worry you don't you know you're concerned about using things that aren't from you fine then you know you've got some milk to give your baby that's in a bottle uh then they get used to a bottle so you don't have to worry about weaning onto a bottle yeah because you've done that easy yeah and I think I got lucky as well because Darcy never had a, an aversion to bottles. No, Ramona didn't either. She took them straight. Please, please I mean, give me the milk. If there was milk it in it, Darcy yeah. didn't care. But yeah. there are people whose babies won't have a bottle. Won't have a bottle. Or there are yeah. people whose babies will only who will people who have babies that will only drink out of a specific bottle and a specific yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Darcy was like specific flows. If it's got milk in it, give it, give to, it me. to me. Yeah, yeah. Ramona was the same. And, and I Layla. think again like everything it's all really idiosyncratic like your baby has its own preferences its own wants and its own needs and you have your own preferences wants and needs as well and it's how those two merge together that decide how you're going to go about your feeding journey and what i find what i find so astonishing is that to me is very obvious because everybody on this planet is different but but we're still judged all the advice 
you you must breastfeed yeah, yeah. lest your baby never be comforted yeah and if you don't breastfeed you are a let down for the statistics for the uk yeah and if you and also like there's this kind of rhetoric that if you don't breastfeed that you're like that you're somehow like neglecting your baby yeah yeah that's how I felt when I... If you don't breastfeed, then the baby doesn't get all the important antibodies. And yeah, yeah. maybe it doesn't. But we have five-year-olds now. Mm. And you cannot tell the difference. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell which of those five-year-olds in our group of... what? How many do we have? Like seven, six yeah, or seven. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell which ones were breastfed Absolutely and which ones were not. bottle-fed. No, because they're all five-year-olds. And when they're 18... Yes. And they're in the pub. Tell me about it. No one is going to know no. who was breastfed for how long. No. I think we should be encouraging... Um, well, we should, we should be, be supporting... Supporting women to do whatever they want. Yeah. There needs to be more support with breastfeeding, simply because breastfeeding is free. Yes. Right? So my... And uh, breastfeeding my, is hard. Breastfeeding is really hard. So we need more support in that because it's difficult. We should be encouraging people to breastfeed because it's free and we shouldn't have to pay for milk. Yeah. So that's the ma- that's the only reason I've got. Everything else, every other opinion can go fuck itself mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what you choose. So I saw a uh, meme the other day, which I think rings very true for anyone worrying. It had a picture of a double slide. Yeah. So it was like two slides that end into one slide. And on one side it said breastfed baby. And on one side it said bottle... Uh, formula fed baby and then at the bottom of the slide it said four year old picking up chips off the car floor (laughs) which is so true like it doesn't matter if you've breastfed your baby exclusively for two years yeah it doesn't matter matter if you've formula fed your baby from day one they are all going to be eating mcdonald's chips by the age of three yeah off the floor or licking a pavement yeah (laughs) so don't worry about it trying to eat sticks and rocks yeah exactly um yeah, so I think I think the main thing we want to get out of this is is to be make your choice. Don't take judgment from other people. No, even even medical professionals. Yeah. They're still very judgmental and they have no right to. Yeah. Because they're not you and they're yeah. not your baby. Yeah, it's all to do with your situation and what you're happy and comfortable doing. Yeah. Well, look, I want to very quickly talk about... Um, Shall we talk about the mechanics of breastfeeding? Yeah, because there's with? a few little bits and bobs that we didn't really get told about. Or so... even if you're told about it, theoretically, yeah. it's difficult to grasp without is. specific examples. So one of the things is like the latching on with breastfeeding. Yeah. So that's the act of them actually putting their mouth on your nips. Yeah. There's, and... an, there's an actual art to it. Yeah, and they, they aren't going to be able to effectively get milk out if they are not latched properly. If their mouth isn't on your nipple properly, they can't get milk properly. That yeah. blows my mind. because, And I think I, the problem with that is we're used to seeing lambs doing it on yeah, they're like country file. And you imagine it to be that easy, just like, um, mum, 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 mum. It's not like that at all, is it? No. Their head has to be in the right position. Your boob has to be in the right position. Their jaw has to be in the right position. Their mouth has to, like, latch onto you in a specific way. Importantly, they must not have a tongue tie. <laughs> they must not have a tongue tie uh, because then... But they oh. can also get lip ties, which makes yes. it difficult Dave's got a lip tie and Ramona and Lola both have a lip tie ah. so yes and that didn't really become clear until they were much older when I was like oh you've got a lip tie as well wonderful that explains things double whammy uh, yeah so all of those things essentially the main thing is 
and lactation consultants will tell you this but the, you, you go through so much and you kind of like it it really goes over your head because you don't get very good information from other medical professionals and like health visitors because they're not trained in it if it hurts it's not it's not being done properly yeah that doesn't mean it's your fault but something's not right yeah if it's hurting and you're having to use nipple shields like they shouldn't really be allowed to sell nipple shields because they don't they're not good for you because <laughs> there is it's like um you know it's like paracetamol isn't it it's just masking the problem and you really need to deal with the problem essentially yeah. so but if that if they can alleviate your discomfort in the meantime in the meantime sure. by all means use them yeah i use them for quite a while but then and the problem is it it like diminishes your supply yeah so and then there are certain people that will say that they will give your baby nipple confusion and the baby won't Oh, I forgot about nipple confusion. I mean, for I mean, sake. I personally believe that it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think that's. I'm yeah. not a medical professional, but, but I it's don't bollocks. <laughs> what a load of bollocks! Yeah, I mean, it's do... like if your baby has a dummy, it won't latch onto your boob. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> don't be so stupid. Come on now. Um, yeah, basically, the main thing to get from that, the latching thing is that if it hurts, it's not it's not right yeah and you there are certain things you can do about it but the main thing is to push for your help discomfort discomfort is normal yeah yeah pain and not like good. blood blood not not good scabby nipples not good yeah uh that also the letdown is quite painful to begin with isn't it i think it's less less that it's painful and more that it's a completely alien feeling very strange it's like this really intense well for me i felt it as like a really intense tingling yeah in like the ball of my nipple so you know like the the very tip of your nipple so strange and shall we we should explain what the letdown is yeah so it's the the act of the milk flowing from your boob yes you're you're there's no the the milk isn't like sitting at your nipple (laughs) yeah right it's in your boob that's what your boobs are there for they're not there um to be stared at in newspapers believe it or not um so the boot the the milk's all in your boobs right they're not it's not in the nipple so when the baby starts like sucking it's drawing it takes a few seconds for that milk to go from your boob to your nipple and the feeling of that is called the letdown and until your kind of body's used to it and the baby's used to it and getting milk on a regular basis that feeling is very strange really bizarre and some people can get um like a really strong aversion to the to or like Oh, the letdown can trigger extremely negative reactions in some people. I I had to like, every, I'd say for the because it hurt so much because I'm in so much pain in general because it was so wrong. Um, every single letdown was like I'd have to clench my fists and be like, because it was so bad, so bad. But then once it kind of once we sorted out all the tongue ties and all those issues, it was just a bit of a weird feeling, and that it go, it goes away after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but it is very strange. I mean, you do always get that tape, but once you're used to it, it's not so like. It's not so intense, is it? Intense. Yeah. But at first, it's a. I would say quite unpleasant feeling. Yeah. Not painful, but not, just not alien. Yeah. Alien. It feels like Unusual. your nipples aren't your nipples. It's really weird. Really weird. Um. Uh, let's talk about. Oh, different positions. So they do encourage you to put your baby in different positions. Did you ever do that? Usually I would 
Darcy liked to breastfeed um, if I was kind of sat upright but reclining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she liked to be like face on to my boobs. like sitting on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was great because that doubled for like as tummy time. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah. she liked um, me lying on my side. Yeah. And her lying like perpendicular. Yeah. I think like my boob. if you if you end up co-sleeping with your baby then that's quite useful because it means that at night time you're lying on your side on different sides because you change sides and then in the daytime typically you're sit, sitting upright and holding them like in a normal baby position but they do it kind of you're encouraged to try different positions just yeah, because the rugby ball the rugby ball is insane and then for people that choose to breastfeed later when they have toddlers, the toddlers are basically doing aerobics. Oh yeah, they're like on their boob. You know when you see, um, you know when you see people doing like break dancing, yeah, and they do that one where they're lying down, but then they're kicking their feet and going around in a circle. Yeah, they do that on you, and and but on your boob. That's that's toddler breastfeeding, in my mind. <laughs> Yeah. As far as I remember, that's what Basically it is. do parkour with your nipple in their yeah. mouth. Yeah. And and you just accept that. Yeah. And you just crack on with that. Because boobs are surprisingly elastic. They're very um, robust, aren't they? Who knew? When they're not being like... When you're breastfeeding right and it feels okay and it's all good and you're feeding nicely and it's all established. And when your baby starts to get a bit more mobile, your boobs are like... You know, there's that saying as like, grow a pair of balls. I would prefer the saying grow a pair of women's women's nipples <laughs> they're so strong and unbelievably robust and take on a lot of shit yeah don't they really especially when people breastfeed when their babies have teeth the babies get teeth and they still have milk and they're still putting their mouth around your nipple and when they're teething they like chomping on stuff jesus christ <laughs> yeah hold on hold on to your baps girl <laughs> Madness. Also, um, the other things that can happen when you're breastfeeding are you can get blocked ducts, which is where you basically get a build-up of milk fat in your boob. All of this, like, we're having this conversation because it's so normal because that's what we do because we're mums and we have babies and we're breastfed. But as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, we sound like fucking maniacs. Yeah. It's so alien, isn't it? It's so weird. And I think it's mainly because this isn't... You know, it's not a typically polite topic of conversation. So it's not normalised. It should be, yeah. It should be. It's not normalised to speak about your boobs in such a frank manner. Yeah, how dare they not be sexual? Exactly. How dare they be for feeding our loved ones? Exactly. Uh, Our children. children. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, so when you get a blocked duct, there's like a build-up of fat in your boob and you have to unblock it. And I've had this a couple of times. And basically, the way that that begins is you start to get lumpy boobs and it gets quite painful. So when you start to get lump, like really lumpy, painful areas, it means that that part of your boob is that like pocket of milk is, is blocked. Have you ever seen that diagram about of like the inside of a boob? And they look like flowers. Yeah. It's crazy. Terrifying. Terrifying. Kind of cute, but li- terrifying. Little bit like Stranger Things monster. Yeah. Isn't it? Little bit like mouths, what are they called? Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bit Demogorgon. Um, but yeah, essentially one of those little flower petals can get blocked. And Do you have to like... I had to squeeze my boob consistently for days. Oh, you also, um, when you breastfeed, quite often have to milk yourself like a cow. Yeah. It's so weird. And again, because boobs have been so sexualised, you're there like 
you know, feeling up your boob and squeezing it, and you're like, is this is this okay? Yeah. Is it okay that I'm doing this because this is the sort of thing that you're told is supposed to be sexy? And, and it's yeah, not and sexy, it's not... actually. I mean, some I'm sure some people think it's incredibly sexy. I'm but... sh- yeah, I'm sure the sorts of people that might <laughs> log on to our OnlyFans when we got one would find it sexy. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, I do remember like getting a block duct unblocked with Lola and I'd been like squeezing my boob for hours and just like little trickles coming out. And I remember Dave was making dinner and I was just there squeezing away, squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. And then I must have just popped it, just popped that blocked bit and then it just went, whew, and it just <laughs> shooted across the room. And I went, yes, like this. I was like, I've got it. And then Dave was like, whoa, whoa what's happened? And he came in and I squeezed it and the... The milk went flying, spraying everywhere. I was like, yay! <laughs> We've unblocked the duct! It was and great. Another thing that you can get when you're breastfeeding is mastitis. Oh. I was luckily, lucky oh enough God. not to get mastitis. Yeah, I didn't get it either. It sounds incredibly unpleasant. Yeah, so it's essentially like a blocked duct that's then got infected. And it can yeah. be very dangerous. You can get very, very unwell. If you are breastfeeding and your boobs start to kind of hurt or you get like hot like hot marks isn't it yeah like your red. boob gets hot and then you start feeling like you've got the flu then you need to get to the doctors immediately and get antibiotics because yeah. it is very dangerous you can get really really poorly from it but the other thing as well that's most annoying about all of this is you have to if you're exclusively breastfeeding especially you got you all of this is happening to you you got to continue feeding the baby yeah and and because of that like your supply keeps you know your body is continuously making milk even mm-hmm. when there's problems with your boobs and it's just going well i'm making more because your baby wants it yeah or the opposite can happen where you've got a problem so you can't feed as much so then when so your body thinks the baby doesn't need as much milk so, so it makes your less. supply drops and it's your body is an amazing thing your body is a, a factory it's a production line if we're talking pros and cons yeah that's the thing pros and cons. when you breastfeed the entire weight of feeding your your baby is on your shoulders yes it's hard and i think it's powerful that it's that is a difficult thing for anybody yeah it is but like especially if you're a single parent like if anything god forbid was to happen to you and you exclusively breastfeed Mm. and your baby won't take a bottle what do you do what do you do how do you tackle that yeah you know yeah so i think pros of breastfeeding are it's free it's free if it works really easily it is the most natural and beautiful thing in the world there were there were like periods of time with lola where i was exclusively breastfeeding and it was just such a joy like going on holiday for example when we got on the airplane she was not happy she did not want to be sat on a chair for that amount of time so i just got my boobs out yeah i didn't and so she did not piss anyone off on the airplane she was happy she was comforted she got food out of it completely free you can whip your boob out anywhere convenient yeah you don't don't have have to do anything sterilizing you don't have any of that sort of stuff you don't have to buy a single thing really do you if you're breastfeeding Uh, when you're breastfeeding your boobs look banging yeah they do look good um it is there is like a um, uh, the baby gets antibodies and the milk is essentially tailored for what your baby needs at that specific time yes. which is obviously amazing useful good for their immune systems and all of that 
it is really it's it is really nice it is a really nice bond it's a nice bonding experience but then that's not to say that you can't get the same bond from bottle feeding of course and also you've got to remember that like if you've got a partner if you're exclusively breastfeeding then you are taking away that that opportunity for for a kind of bond with with your partner i think that's one of the i imagine a lot of people who have exclusively breastfed fed or had conversations about it that's one of the problems that you face is like um how involved that partner's going to be yeah you know because i think one of the problems with exclusively breastfeeding for us was the um the, the mental load and physical strain that it was on me yeah and then for dave it felt like he couldn't do anything to help so that's kind of helpless so uh, he had a lot of um, problems with that because he felt bloody useless mm-hmm. and of course he wasn't but like once you involve a bottle into all of that you kind of you can sort of share the load a little bit yeah it kind of alleviates that so what are the pros of bottle feeding pros of bottle feeding are um giving the baby to other people yeah giving the baby to other people it allows partners grandparents whoever to get involved and feed uh-huh. the baby and give you a bit of time to yourself so it kind of frees frees you from the shackles of having a tiny baby a bit yeah um also very helpful if your baby is underweight or you're or you need to monitor how much milk they're having yeah because you're making that choice rather than them aren't you you can see yeah you can see physically how much milk they are having whereas you can't yeah when you're breastfeeding i have no idea how much they're actually drinking yeah not 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 a a clue clue. they're deciding what how much they're having and when they're finished and unless there's prob like if there's problems, then neither of you are deciding. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, also, another pro of breastfeed uh, of bottle feeding, sorry, is that if anything was to happen, mm-hmm. that's still going to continue as a constant. Yeah, I mean, there's never going to have to be a solid kind of change. Yeah where they have to be completely removed from the breast and given a yeah. bottle if that nothing, makes sense nothing drastic is going to happen like for example if you get mastitis you can be incredibly unwell from it and it can you know some women have been hospitalized from it and what happens then mm. so yeah that's very true um so I, well i think also mm. if bottle feeding um, can be really helpful if you have babies with certain allergies say for example yeah. they have a dairy allergy and you breastfeed you would then be required to cut out all dairy yeah i know people that have done that so people that have exclusively breastfed and then been dairy free while their baby has that and that's great but if that doesn't work for you then you can get dairy free yeah or soy free or whatever it is that you need that that your baby needs so it's, it's easier in that way to kind of monitor what what they're having yeah so the cons of bottle feeding are sterilizing everything sterilizing fucking bottles washing and sterilizing formulas so expensive so expensive and there's so many different ones on the market you just have to kind of pick whichever one and see if your baby likes it hope that your baby likes it yeah and then there's also like the um what did your girls have ramona had cow and gate Lola had Aldi, <laughs> obviously. Um, the other thing which everyone mentions is when you're doing that late night making up of a bottle, have you put four scoops in or have you put five scoops in? Yeah, and the the oh. box always says, 
please make sure that you put exactly the right amount of scoops in. Yeah. And it's shouting at you, and I'm not very good at counting at the best of times. If you're, yeah, when you're counting how many scoops of powder to put in a bottle when you've had, like, two hours sleep, I mean, how are you supposed to remember these things? Exactly. It's obscene. I also really dislike, you know, the scoop, when you get to the wards the end of a tub, it gets pretty sticky and manky. That yeah. really annoys me. There's nothing more beautiful than when you open up a fresh powder and that first scoop and, and slide. The first scoop mm. and slide, mmm. Delicious. Lovely. It's a little bit like when you cut wrapping paper and it glides. Yeah. Another con of bottle feeding is that formula smells fucking disgusting. Oh, it's horrid, isn't it? Yeah. Disgusting. And then, like, when if you wash the bottle, like, you've left it overnight... And then you open up that bottle and smells what? rancid. <laughs> Disgusting. Absolutely vile. Yeah. Um, Breast milk has got a kind of nice, it's nice and fatty and sweet and sugary. Although, if nice. you find a muslin that's been like soaked up breast milk yeah, and that's, it's been in the bag for a while. That's not so nice. Disgusting. <laughs> that's not so nice. Yeah, what are the con? Yeah, I guess another con of breastfeeding is like that kind of always smelling a bit like milk oh you just and always like the stickiness of it as well yeah and all yeah and that's the thing like even if you put like the breast pads in your mm. bra they'll always slide around oh, you'll yeah. always have like a big circular patch around one of yeah. your boobs where your boob has leaked your boobs will just kind of they're, they're unpredictable so unpredictable and Chaotic. you know what happened to me so me and darcy had had not been breastfeeding for actually i don't know if i should tell this story on the podcast i'll tell it anyway and then i think you should tell it (laughs) right so we'd stopped breastfeeding for about six months so she had not had anything from my boob for six months yeah and it was kind of i think maybe one of the first times or maybe the first time that i was uh getting back in the saddle again so to speak oh it's one of those stories yeah I don't know if I'm going to leave this in. Strap in. Please. Um, I felt like the familiar boob tingle. The boob tingle of the letdown. Yeah. My boobs were leaking everywhere. <gasps> wow. Well, that is... No, I don't think that's a weird thing to say because I've I've heard people talking about, like, guys that have had fetishes and you can, you can make a woman lactate if they've not got a baby. Yeah. This is possible. I don't think that uh, that was his fetish, though. No, no. I, I'm not suggesting for one <laughs> second that he was trying to make you lactate, but it is not abnormal that your boobs were leaking. Yeah. That's perfectly normal. That's not weird. There's nothing wrong with you. But was he terrified? I, I was terrified. I were you both sat there going, what's happening? Yeah, like, I literally boobs out. There's, like, milk running down my torso. Oh, my God. I can't believe you've not told me this before. (laughs) And he went, very sweet man. He was like, are you okay? (laughs) You're leaking. Are you dying? And I was like, what do you mean? And then I was like... (laughs) It's amazing. I bet he thought you were, like, the Virgin Mary or something. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Do you want me to get you a towel? Oh, that's adorable. Did did things continue after that? Did you did you? Yeah, up? I was like, I'm going to put my bra back on though. Yeah, I'm going to bind my chest and then we'll continue this. <laughs> so have you got some tea towels? <laughs> that is 
the most on on brand Sinead story I've ever heard, isn't it? Because lest we forget, <laughs> when you first kissed a, a boy on a first date and then you removed yourself from his face and you had a nosebleed. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was. So it seems to me that your body likes leaking things <laughs> when you're getting it on with boys. Love it, absolutely love it. My God, leaking boobs. Leaking boobs. There was the way that he just kind of looked a bit bewildered and went, "You're you're leaking." Hey, I mean that sounds like the kind of guy that it, you know is a good egg and would probably have sex with you on your period. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, these are the sort of the, these are the ones we need. Yeah, men that are afraid of period sex are loser virgins anyway. They are loser virgins. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they we are the gift of life. <laughs> exactly. What's right? It's, it's it's period. Yeah. Honestly. It's not poison. I'm sorry, right? But when I'm on my period, I am my least fertile. It's the best time. (laughs) Unless you want a child with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put a towel down. Don't be a baby. Fucking beginners. What are they? What are they? Anyway. (laughs) I can't believe that that just took that turn, actually, Rosie. I'm so glad you told that story. And we are keeping that in. We're keeping that in. We've got to keep that in. It's wonderful. Everyone needs to hear it, apart from maybe your parents. (laughs) (laughs) and other family members they're not going to listen to this episode um i okay we're moving swiftly on moving swiftly on i've got to say we've done that thing again where we had an idea of what we were going to talk about and we have not got enough time to talk about all of those things yeah because we've already gone over and we've basically only spoke about breastfeeding and bottle feeding we've not spoke about weaning we've not spoke about food toddlers any of that so are we going to do a part two do you reckon I reckon it's a part two situation. I reckon do a part two situation because we have done so much talking about milk and lactating. We've definitely covered lactating, babe. <laughs> Don't worry. So what we're going to do is, I think today, maybe we should do a Hot Chicks Talk Politics. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, what are we going to talk about, Rosie? Well, I'm just wondering if we should talk about... Okay. Yes. Hot Chicks Talk Politics. We do. We do talk politics because we're hot chicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we're going to talk about the teachers and, and how they're going to strike again. And I'm in full support of that. Full support of that. So teachers in England are going to strike on the 27th of April um, and the 2nd of May after members of the UK's largest education unico- u- unicorn. <laughs> that would be great if they were called the education unicorn, but they're not. They are. They may as well be unicorns. They're magical, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So the largest education union has rejected a pay offer from the government. So I want to talk about this because, because the government only offers shit pay offers. Are, they are. It is offensive. Yeah. What they're offering. So, and the other the other thing as well is that any NEU, which is the teaching union, they found that found that ninety eight percent of members were in favour of turning the deal down. Yeah. So we just want to make that clear that that. They've turned down the offer because everyone agrees. It's a yeah. terrible offer. Yeah. It isn't even an offer. It's a an it's, insult. It's a spit in the face. Yeah. If anything. Um so they were offered first of all, they were offered that um next year they'd get a four point three percent pay rise. Mm-hmm. And this pisses me off the most. They were like, We're gonna offer you a four point three percent pay rise next year and you can all have a thousand pounds. How fucking dare you? I mean, in this economy, how much? What does a thousand pounds buy you? Uh, unbelievable. Two loaves of bread. 
unbelievable. So just to put that into perspective, so I so Dave got a five percent pay rise this year, and this is in a job that he is comfortable with. You know, he's quite happy with his. You know, they're not they're not being completely overworked to the point where we're in crisis. Yeah. And for him to be offered a five, and that by the way, that five percent gets us no, nowhere. Yeah. So we worked out in terms of like monetary value per month and for per week, and how much more that gets us. It gets us nowhere. Yeah. Because of the the amount of things rising. Yeah. It is nothing. So for Dave to be in a job that he's comfortable in and happy with, and is not like super stressed out, and everyone's leaving. He's been offered. He's been given, not even offered, just given a five percent pay rise. Yeah. And they're being offered offered less than that. Yeah. And they're at breaking point. It's such an insult. Yeah. I mean, every single teacher I know does untold work outside the classroom. So much. So much unpaid work. A lot of teachers I know pay out of pocket for things like school supplies. Mm. A lot of teachers will pay out of pocket to feed children in their classrooms as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's obscene. It's, it is disgusting, and in my opinion, our entire education system needs completely overhauling. Teachers don't have the respect, yeah, that they need and that they deserve, and that is only evidenced by the insult that is, yeah, the pay offer. So their uh, their salaries have fell like in in real terms. In real terms, have fell by an average of eleven percent between twenty ten and twenty twenty two. So they're being offered less money <laughs> so that pay rise by 4.3% is like we're going to offer you half of what you've lost <laughs> half half less of what you've lost you know what I mean right yeah like, it's insane and these people are people that we rely on to shape our children's minds yeah more or less yeah and they're being disrespected like that it makes me really angry and it makes me even more angry when you see people slagging off the teachers that have decided to strike because yeah yeah they don't strike for out of you know spite yeah what what uh, makes me very angry people who who think that striking people are in the wrong (laughs) to quote matty healy from the 1975 okay it is simply how industrial action works yeah exactly exactly the point of a strike is to cause inconvenience yes in order to achieve your goals, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact that people are like, "Well, teachers get to be off school in the summer holidays." Uh, it's just okay. Okay, and what? And what? Like, what, what's, what's, your, what's point? your point? Yeah, I, oh, it makes me it makes me so mad. I just want to take this opportunity to applaud all teachers and teaching staff. Yeah, for their teaching assistants, everyone. They're amazing. It's a job that I couldn't do. Don't have the patience for. Uh, honestly, but I just, and also, it's like you know they're they're teaching our children how to read and write and all, all the rest of it. You know, like we I'm saying reading and writing because our children are being taught how to read and write currently because yeah. they're five, and all the rest of that comes with it to get through their exams to then continue into life and get themselves careers, and. That's their job. That's in their job title to do that. Yeah. And that is the very bare minimum that they're actually doing. Yeah. Because they're doing all the other stuff as well. Yeah. All of that pastoral stuff that they're having to do, all of the extra curriculum stuff, safeguarding, all of those things. It's kind of the same as like um, 
how because social care is so critically underfunded that police officers are having to do so much work with like mental health and like mental health crisis and that sort of thing they're not equipped to do yeah same with teachers like they they're not trained in that they're trained in educating children yeah and they're having to do so much more than that i mean it's similar to nearly all of our public services at the yes. minute they have been yeah. so gutted and crippled by yeah. austerity policies for the past 15 years how long have the tories been in power or more yeah that amount of time like it it's just made them it's made people that have trained to do a specific job have to not only wear their teacher hat yeah but wear their social worker hat yeah. their therapist hat their dinner lady hat that yeah. you know they have to do all of these other things when really they should only be focused on what they're going to teach the yeah. children in their class yeah yeah and so what's going to happen when these kids are all like trying to get careers mm-hmm. it's it's really saddening it is it but really i'm is. not surprised because we live in piss land yeah do we not piss land strikes again <laughs> oh it's just getting worse isn't it yeah what are we gonna do Oh, well... Move to our mansion in Mexico. Move to our mansion. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. With our Skittles room. Yeah, of course. That's what we're going to do when we're famous. It's it's sad, isn't it? To cheer ourselves up, Rosie. Yeah? Would you like to give me your love of the week? Oh, yeah. What's my love of the week? Um, My love of the week is um, eating my children's Easter eggs. Excellent. So when you have children and they understand Easter and they get a shit ton of chocolate... Yeah. That, like, excitement for the chocolate lasts, I'm going to say, maybe four days max. Yeah. And then after that, they just continue wanting the same old shit. And at that point, you can legit go in the cupboard and go, I'm going to have half an Easter egg. Yeah, you can. I'm going to I'm gonna break that chocolate squirrel in half. And I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to eat it, and I don't give a shit. Exactly. Because, I mean, really, it's good parenting. Yeah, exactly. I'll take I'll take the unhealthy stuff. Do you want some broccoli, darling? <laughs> Do you want some broccoli while I'm stuffing my face with mini eggs? Would you like an entire punnet of cherry tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. Go on, treat yourself. Have some tomatoes. <laughs> and I've just got like half a lint bunny hanging yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah, exactly. I just but it just tastes better. There's something about when Easter it's stolen. Eggs. Stolen and in egg form is the best chocolate yeah. that and advent calendar chocolate i love the best. cheap easter eggs as well cheap easter eggs man i love little little easter eggs amazing little easter eggs are the one i'm sorry but i'm loving it. it's because the sugar con- content is so much higher extortionately high it's it's scary how much I rely on sugar. <laughs> um what's your love of the week? My love of the week is the latest trend on TikTok, mm-hmm. which is people creating Wes Anderson esque um videos about their mundane day to day lives. Oh, that's interesting you say that, Sinead. Because um, at this point Yeah. We'll have one of those, won't we, Rosie? I'm sorry, say that again. We'll have one of those, won't we, Rosie? Yes. So hopefully. Sinead, hopefully. Sinead and I um have today attempted to uh direct produce and star in and star in our own Wes Anderson TikTok. Yeah. We have not yet edited it. Edited it. Edited it. Uh I'm going to attempt that tomorrow and I can't fucking wait. It's gonna be so Wes Anderson. 
Oh, I can't wait. I cannot think of a more joyful TikTok trend. No. It truly is wonderful. Yeah, because it's just like romanticising things like Warrington train station. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But that's what that's what I love about Wes Anderson is he's able to go, I'm going to take something very boring and turn it into like cinematic beauty. Yeah. And it's going to be obviously... I'm like... That's what I love about Wes Anderson is like, I'm making a film and it's obviously a film. I am making a film. I'm making a film. I'm making a Wes Anderson film because I'm Wes Anderson and you're going to watch it and think, oh, isn't this Wes Anderson? (laughs) Has this film been made by Wes Anderson? (laughs) Yes, it has because I'm Wes Anderson. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to try and recreate that um, very shortly. So by the time this podcast goes out, it should already already be viral (laughs) and trending. Uh, not just Wes Anderson, but like Wes Anderson Mill Society. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, what's your loathe of the week? Um, why don't you tell me yours first? <laughs> I thought I'd written it down. I but wonder I didn't. why. Uh, my loathe of the week is uh, the man who lives on my street with a dog. Okay. I've got a dog. Yeah. Whom I walk every morning. Mm-hmm. And you have a dog, don't you? I do. He what? doesn't go for walks, though. <laughs> okay, he doesn't go for walks, but let me ask you this. What is walking etiquette when you walk past someone with a dog? You you say hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. There's eye contact. You, you smile. Say hi. Or say, you say hi. Morning. Morning. If your dogs like each other, you do a little, oh, how are you doing? Oh, if you know the name of the dog. So the general dog walking etiquette it's the same as like motorcyclists. If you're on a motorbike and you go past another motorbike, you nod. Yeah. That's like unwritten. Bus drivers rule. always wave to each other. Bus drivers wave to each other. It's a standard. I've seen, and this makes me even more infuriated about this man. I've seen, um, you know your, you know your Sainsbury's vans delivery yeah. drivers. I've seen a Sainsbury's delivery driver drive past an ASDA delivery driver. They wave at each other. And does this man with the dog on your street not say hello? He actively frowns at me Sinead I fucking hate him right he walks past me and he lives on our street he lives opposite our house Uh and he walks past me and my dog and Lola with a pushchair every morning with his dog and he frowns at me that's so rude and the worst part about it is for the first I'm going to say half a year I've been doing that like kind of like smile we're like morning I've said morning I've said morning so many times to him nothing not nothing that's an incredible breach of dog walking etiquette a breach of dog walking etiquette but now because i'm so furious at him i'm now actively frowning at him <laughs> but that takes a lot of effort for me yeah so i'll see him in the distance and i'll be like i've got to be angry now i've got to get my frown ready. i've got to get my frown on i've got to actively ignore this man and so now every time i walk past him i have to think of find something to look at so i don't have to look at him and it takes a lot of effort for me to do that and i just think i can't believe i'm wasting time because of your breach of dog etiquette. Yeah. Prick. What an asshole. He's definitely not listening to this, but he's a prick. I don't understand what his <laughs> problem is. All I've done is walk past him every morning and smile. And I get, like, frowned at or tutted at. He must or, just like, not ignored. like the look of you, Rosie. My loathe of the week is unsolicited dick pics. Oh, I mean, that's a given. Who's been doing... Oh, do we know? We <laughs> No, we don't know. We had our first unsolicited dick dick pic in our podcast Instagram. And I am so glad that Sinead opened it and not I. 
So very glad. I mean, I saw a picture and I should have known. Yeah. And like, what made it worse is that it was a like exceptionally ugly one as well. I yeah. What? Why? Uh, it was like just. Pay. No, no. I, why did they do it? No, why was it ugly? <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to know the. You know what made it worse? Uh-huh. It was flaccid. <laughs> I just think that's insulting. How dare you? At least make the effort. Exactly. <laughs> it's incredibly insulting. I don't know why men do it at all. I, I genuinely, I've tried to put myself into the, the mindset mindset of a man and try and think why he would just brazenly enter someone's DMs with a, a lead with a picture of his penis. Is it a power play, do we think? Yeah, maybe it's like a, they want to make you actively uncomfortable. Yeah, I think so. Which... The, well, it didn't work. We were just like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. And then you um, very rightly outed that person Yeah. our stories just to let him know that we don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And you have been, you've reported and blocked said male. Yes, I have. Not that that'll stop him. No. Nope. Little cretins. But it's disgusting. Like, I have, I get them in my personal Instagram. Like, I get, like, Maybe three or four a week. Do you? Yeah. I don't want to fucking see it. Sinead? Yeah? I've never had one. Never? Ever. Oh, I've had so many unsolicited dick pics. So what does that say about me and you? What's the difference? Is it that I'm just not... I'm not pretty enough for dick pics? Is that what it is? I mean, I'm not... not that at all. I'm not complaining. (laughs) To be fair. But I've never had one before. Maybe people look at me and just think, she She, wants to see my penis. She wants to see my flaccid penis. (laughs) What is it about you that says I should send her a picture of my flaccid penis? There must be something something in the eyes. Something in the eyes? <laughs> yeah, I don't appreciate people sending unsolicited dick pics. Um, I think... I think those men think that it's a power play, but actually it has the opposite effect. Yeah. It just makes me, like, so... Like tired of it all i just think you you're so like not even worth my effort yeah it's such a loser thing to do yeah i mean and i don't know what reaction they want out of it but i'm pretty sure it's not as going oh for fuck's sake again is that the reaction they want no i think they want you to be like <gasps> like scandalized and shocked yeah no we're not I, I like i genuinely i don't think they want you to be turned on by it is it i, I think it's the lack of consent that yeah, maybe. But do you know what? It's it, the amount that I care about it. That lack of consent is the same as me like walking in dog shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, again. I could, yeah. I'm comparing you to dog shit. <laughs> and I think it's quite an apt comparison. I think so. I think that's fair. So, talking of dog shit, shall we go? <laughs> <laughs> do you think we've waffled on enough today? I think we must have done. And I've still got fucking something in my eye. <laughs> Sinead's now crying, but not for the right reasons. (laughs) We have spoke about feeding, but not in the length that we'd like to. So we'll go on to that at some point, probably. We'd love your feedback and your questions and all that business. Um, But the main thing really is we want you to listen and to share your thoughts on the social media. So you can follow us on Instagram at Amateur Mill Society on tiktok at amateur Mill society 
on Twitter at AmateurMilfSock. Sorry, Rosie, you're having to look into my eyeballs. You are actually scratching your eyeball with your nail. It's awful. I know. I feel like I'm watching a clockwork orange. I've got, I think it's a bit of tile in my eye. Wonderful. That's good. You might die. Yeah, excellent. Um, Your eyes might bleed. (laughs) Uh, You can also email us not dick pics. Yeah, please no dick pics. And that's society at gmail.com. It is. Please, 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 for the love Leave of God. Leave us a review. Please. And subscribe. Give us a rate. Yeah. Give nice us a things. follow. Don't send us dick pics. Don't send us dick pics. We love you all. Thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Bye. Bye.